It's Saturday night. The kids are in bed. Which means we did it. We survived another week. So let's talk about it. From our latest homebrew project. To kids crafting projects. Just talking life with two young kids and two dogs. Grab your favorite beverage. Sit back. Relax. And see where the conversation takes us. Sometimes we don't even know until we get there. This is the Craft Parenting Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a drill. The west side of Cincinnati is under attack. Earlier this week, it was reported that five monkeys, approximately the size of garbage cans, were loose and wreaking havoc in the local cemetery. Please send bananas in. Oh my God, I can't even. I can't even finish this bit. It's just so ridiculous. But it's true. Ideally, in a <laughs> ideally in a perfect world, I would have thrown in some Planet of the Apes references. But to be honest, I haven't seen any of those movies. <laughs> I don't know if that is, that's a good thing or a bad thing, but maybe some of our listeners can give us the 411. How do the humans fare when the apes attack? Well, hopefully everyone at the end holds hands and sings about buying the world a Coke. It's like the worst whistling job I've ever done. <laughs> But yes, it is true. I am not being hyperbolic. There were reports of monkeys the size of garbage cans roaming around the west side of Cincinnati, thought to be part of someone's, quote, private collection. But I mean, who owns a private collection of monkeys? It doesn't say anything. One, is this real life? Unfortunately, yes, it is. And two, I mean, you've heard of the Zanesville Zoo Massacre, right? I have not. Okay, so Zanesville, Ohio, dude basically had his own private Cincinnati Zoo. Not that many animals, but he had like way more animals. Oh, the tigers? Yeah, he had like tigers and stuff and they quote unquote escaped, meaning he unlocked all of their cages and just kind of said, here, roam free and then committed suicide. So the police officers had to go around and shoot all of these animals because tranquilizing wasn't necessarily an option when they're terrorizing the town. That kind of got them to crack down on private exotic animal ownership. Tiger King actually talked about the Zanesville Zoo. John Boehner was in a news clip that they put in the Tiger King documentary series. So the Zanesville Zoo is actually pretty well known. And that was in Ohio. Ooh, wait, other tidbit podcast that I listened to in Australia actually did an episode about the Zanesville Zoo. So halfway across the world, they know about the Zanesville Zoo. Yes, this is real life. There's even a video that is really grainy and hard to make out. Like all the videos of the aliens. It has all the telltale signs of fake news and misinformation. And of course, all of this was amplified tenfold by social media and the local news. But stay tuned. We'll get into all the details a little later into the show. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the Craft Parenting Podcast. My name is Joe Ludwig, and it is Saturday night, which means we have another great episode for you. And sitting here with me across the table is my lovely wife and co-host, Caroline. How's it going, Caroline? Pretty good. Both the kids are in bed. 
and went down pretty easy considering Lily didn't really have a true nap today. Well, she did, but it was like it was way later than usual because we both took a nap in bed. So it was nice to get some Lily snuggles during a nap, but Lily snuggles aren't very comfortable because she likes to sleep on top of you. <laughs> well, so everyone's asleep now, including our executive producer. Is our producer over there? Our producer is on the couch right now. Executive producer is upstairs sleeping on the job. I think he's drunk. Milk drunk. Yes. Yes, he is. Which is a good thing because that means he sleeps. Which means that we can sleep. Hey, he's been doing really good lately and doing seven to nine hour stretches. I love it. I tell that to all my coworkers and they're like, what? How is that possible? Well... You're over six feet tall. Your children are on track to also be over six feet tall. So when your kid is over 12 pounds, they've got enough meat on their bones typically to sleep through the night most of the time, unless they just get a wild hair up their butt and decide that they're hungry. So we managed to get super long stretches of sleep pretty early with our kids. I'm not complaining. No, I'm not complaining either. I'm very happy. We have another great show for all of you today. So let's get started. So, how was your Easter hubs? It was egg-tastic. <laughs> there were lots and lots of eggs. There were lots of eggs. So, in addition to the massive Easter egg hunt that Lily shared with two other children on Saturday, Lily got her own Easter egg hunt on Sunday, where there was an Easter egg that was as big as Elliot. And she managed to carry it because it wasn't super heavy, but it was pretty funny watching her walk around with an egg that was half her size. And this Easter egg hunt was at my parents' house in the backyard, and she was the only participant. <laughs> yeah, and they put eggs all over the place. And I was like, you probably only really needed to put out like five eggs. And she could, quote unquote, find those five eggs in the grass and she would be a happy camper. But no, we had to spend about 20 minutes or so. It might have been closer to half an hour trying to herd her towards the eggs and put them into her basket. Though I think I put about half of the eggs into her basket when she wasn't paying attention (laughs) just to speed things up a little bit. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. Next year, she'll do a lot better. This year, she still did pretty good, though. And Elliot will probably be kind of walking at that point. He should be. Well, if he's on, he could be walking. He probably will be walking. Odds are high. Just a matter of how well. Lily never wanted to hold her hands. Maybe Elliot will let us. (laughs) I can have hope. He's pretty laid back. So, yeah, so far, at least. Yeah. It was nice, though, that we got to see both of your grandmothers. We broke granny out of prison. Out of nursing home prison. Yay, vaccines. Not literally. They uh, let us take her. We didn't have to hold up the joint to get her out. So my grandmother was there. That was the first time she's seen a large group of family in over a year. Yeah, your mom has snuck her out on extended doctor's visits where she'll swing by the house so grandma can see Lily or she'll she'll hide grandma out at her house for lunch and then drop her back off so that she can actually get some time outside of the nursing home. But she has to have a legitimate doctor's visit in order to do that. So it doesn't happen that often. But now we have the COVID vaccine and granny's fully vaccinated. So we can hopefully get her out a little more often. Yeah, because for a while she was stuck in her room with no one to talk to. They didn't let her go to the dining room. There were no activities. Yeah, it wasn't very fun. But we would drop off activity books for her every once in a while. And I think those kind of helped, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You would have to sit down and do it with her. like a Kind of like a toddler. Well, I really like, and unfortunately, I don't know if I'll have 
the energy to put Lily into one of them because I don't know if there are any nearby. But I like the preschool model where the preschool is inside the nursing home. So you have the toddlers that fall down and get bumps and bruises all the time with the old folks who fall down and get bumps and bruises all the time. And they're both slow and they're both into similar things. Like I would like to get Lily into that kind of environment, but I don't know if they do that near us. I know they do it at Maple Knoll, but Maple Knoll is far away from our house. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Also, my own mom, my dad's mom, was at Easter, but that was nice. We And then also my, my mom, my dad, sister, brother, his fiance. So it was a small gathering, a smaller than usual gathering. Usually we get the cousins and everyone together. But that meant it was a little less chaotic. Yes, it was less chaotic in a way. In other ways, it was just as chaotic as you would expect. Yeah, lots of expectations with Granny's first big event out. And my mom cooked a lovely lunch. It was really yummy. Lily enjoyed it. They got Lily bubbles. Yes, Lily loves bubbles. I almost bought her a bubble gun at Target this week. Oh boy. But I didn't. (laughs) I was good. She would love the bubble gun. So maybe for her birthday. Maybe for Mother's Day because that's before her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll talk about it. Yes. We we spent a considerable amount of time doing the Easter egg hunt and playing with bubbles. Yeah. Elliot just slept through most of it. But he was awake for pictures, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's a picture of him and Lily on the couch. Lily with her hands up. It's really cute. Well, because the only way we could get her to smile was by her playing peekaboo. <laughs> that was a fun discovery because she just had she was kind of like a sourpuss all day just because she could be. And your mom trying to get her to smile for photos was hilarious. <laughs> Lily, look here. Lily, smile. Still working on smile. You have to get a genuine reaction out of her in order for her to smile. So Easter was lots of fun. Oh, Lily got the rest of her Toy Story collection. So she got Jessie at some point earlier this year because my mom bought her Jessie for to, to watch Toy Story 2 with. So she could hold Jessie while watching Jessie. So for Easter, she got Buzz, Woody, and Bullseye. So now she has the whole gang that she can play with. And I think she's kind of confused why they don't move and talk like they do in the movie. Because we don't understand that they don't move when you look at them. (laughs) And Lily only watches Toy Story 2. I mean, we've watched Toy Story 1 too, but she's more interested, I feel like, in Toy Story 2 because of Jessie the cowgirl. And Bullseye. And Bullseye, yes. There's a scene at the end where they're at the airport and Buzz and Woody are trying to get Jessie and they're riding Bullseye. And Lily will get on the rocking horse and rock on the rocking horse while they're riding Bullseye. It's really adorable. It's totes adorable. Bringing it back around to last week. (laughs) So yeah. We had lots of fun on Easter Sunday. Monday, the children were attached to me. So I was going to clean out the garage. I was going to finish our craft project. I managed to cut out the paper for the craft project, but have not been able to glue everything together and do any final painting. So eventually we will finish that craft project. We need to change the name to the Craft Eventually Parenting Podcast. Well, when was the last time we homebrewed? I feel like this craft project is happening at a faster pace than most of our homebrew projects, so it's okay. We last homebrewed in December. Yeah, before Elliot was born. And then we bottled after Elliot was born. Mm -hmm. And now we're drinking that beer, but not today. You haven't drank a homebrew on the podcast. We should do that because we have a bunch in the fridge now. Because we quote unquote cleaned out the basement by taking all of our homebrew beer and putting it in the beer fridge. So we'll actually drink it. And I found some homebrew from 2019. You did? What? Winter warmer. We were trying to cellar it. In the cellar? In the under the basement? Yeah, but it's in the fridge now. You found it where? 
In the fridge? You put it in the fridge? Oh, yeah. I put that in the fridge a while ago. There's some Bach beer, too. I like me some Bach beer. I don't know that our homebrew is very good. I think it's delicious. The Bach? I, I didn't enjoy it, the Bach. It's been did. a hot second since I've had it because I've been pregnant a lot. Well, it was, it was though, it wasn't carbonated enough. Ah. That was before we added all the sugar. I'll keep you posted next week. So, took the kids to the zoo again. We might take a break from the zoo for a week or two. I don't know, though. Maybe I'll see if I can get tickets for this week. Because zoo blooms look really good right now. All the tulips and hyacinthias, or however you pronounce that. All the flowers look really pretty. But the kangaroos were really lazy when we went to the zoo. They were just lounging around doing nothing. The penguins were really lazy too, which was kind of disappointing because that was Lily's favorite thing before all the giraffes were running around. She really enjoyed the penguin swimming. Were the giraffes running around again this time, this past time? I'm going to assume so. I didn't get to go see the giraffes with them because I was feeding Elliot or changing his diaper. I was taking care of Elliot when they went to go see the giraffes. But we got to ride the train again. Lily wasn't as excited about it, but she still had a good time. You were telling me that she recognizes the zoo now. Oh, yes, she does. So when we drove into the parking lot, we think it was when she saw the solar panels because the solar panels are very distinctive and she can definitely see the solar panels from her car seat. She giggled (laughs) and was super stoked to be where we were. And we did a really long zoo day. Should have packed sunscreen probably, but nobody got burnt. So I at least have a little bit of time before I have to worry about that. That's surprising because Lily is going to have super fair skin. Yeah, but the April sun isn't as hot as like the May sun. So we'll probably do sunscreen the next time we go for sure. And then I bought, I just bought her sunglasses and she has some sun hats now. So we'll be sure to put one of those on her. But we spent a lot of time at the zoo. So we got to see more animals than usual. We got to hang out with the manatees again. And they have added in a really cool manatee couch. That's three or four manatees all swimming slash snuggled together. It's not super comfortable. Comfy because it's concrete or some kind of hard material, but it looks really cool. And there were a lot more people seeing the manatees because more word has gotten out that we have manatees again. So Lily got to say hi to Albie, Manhattan, and Swim Shady. Did she actually say hi? I'm going to go with yes. I'm not sure. I kept Elliot out of the way because there were lots of children running around. Yeah, the picture you showed me had a lot of people in that room. Yes. There were a ton, but that's like the third or fourth renovation that they've done to the manatee place since I spent the night there in high school. Pro tip, if you are in scouts, maybe even if you just get a large enough group, you can spend the night at the zoo. And if you're old enough, you can spend the night with the manatees and they'll actually take you behind the scenes to see the manatee tanks. And you get to look at one of the other exhibits as well. Behind the scenes, lots of fun. 12 out of 10 would recommend. 12 out of 10. Only because you can stay in the tents now and see behind the scenes of Africa, which may or may not include Fiona, which is a 20 out of 10. So your scales, your scales are confusing, but they're awesome. We cut the grass for the first time this year. That was a chore. It was. It was a two day experience because we weren't one of the last neighbors to cut the grass, though there's still one or two holdouts that haven't cut their grass yet. But it rained. I managed to get most of the front yard cut enough where the front yard looks nice because I did the half on one side of the house and I left the other side of the house untouched and then it started to pour down rain so I had to come in and then the next day we finally managed to cut all of the grass between the two of us. And also this week there's your whole intro. What was that about? Yep, bring it back to the intro. The monkeys the size of garbage cans. Five monkeys were loose allegedly on the west side of Cincinnati. That's what the media 
has been telling us. Five monkeys hanging out in the local cemetery, swinging in the trees. And there's a video, and I saw this video, and it's grainy and it's dark. And they've got they've got a flashlight, so the flashlight's moving around, so it's it's hard to see shadows because your shadows are constantly moving. It's like um there was a meme that I saw, and it was a graph, and it was the quality of cameras, and the quality of camera line just constantly goes up over time, and then it's the quality of UFO footage, and it's a straight line at the bottom <laughs> where UFO footage has not improved. <laughs> but cameras have improved exponentially, so you'd think maybe we'd have a good photo of one by now. That's not true. I mean, we've had, there's this weird issue going on where there are these tic-tac-shaped UFOs. UFO is not, I mean, people people identify it with aliens, but it's just an unidentified flying object. So it could be Russia. It's probably Russia. Yeah. Yeah, the tic-tac spaceships that higher-ups in the Air Force have seen. Yeah, and they're, they're surveilling our warships and i think it was marco rubio senator marco rubio was said that this was a breach in security i mean it is but we're also because we don't know what it is yeah but also the manhattan project was a thing so i mean if the manhattan project was a thing in the 1940s i mean the government has to have something of that magnitude going on we don't know what they know at least that's what we tell them and everyone is probably siloed you know so Maybe they do know. Maybe they know that they're working on this thing, but it's for a broader thing. Should we continue talking about UFOs? Because I will continue to talk about UFOs. Or should we go back to monkeys? Let's go back to the monkeys. So this footage, sometimes it looks like there's a monkey there. Sometimes it looks like there aren't. There are wild turkeys and turkey vultures that hang out near the cemetery. So maybe it was just giant turkeys, but that doesn't necessarily make sense. The people who took the video said that they were swinging and they were wagging their tail. Yeah. Their little tails. That would be, it'd be very hard for a turkey to have a tail that looks like a chimp or some other kind of monkey. So I don't know. But also like Price Hill, who has five monkeys in their house, but Price Hill. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody had five monkeys in their house. I don't know. No one has come forward and said, hey, I lost five monkeys. And the zoo has done a head count on all of their monkeys and they are not missing any. So it's a giant mystery. No one has seen these monkeys firsthand. No. Other than the people running around playing jokes in monkey suits after this was reported. Because after it was reported, there was a guy that put on a gorilla suit and walked around the cemetery. And so in one of my mom groups, there was a video of, hey, I kind of slept in and I've been feeling crummy all day, but the police are terrible at this search because I just found him right here. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a guy just walking down the street waving in a gorilla suit. Yeah, so they involved the police. I think the zoo is involved. Well, yeah, since it's a wild animal, they get the zoo involved because the zoo has their own trank team and mostly know how to deal with situations like this. You got duped. Yeah. I don't feel great about it. Your mom was listening to the radio local news station, 700 WLW, and they were, I guess they were playing a joke. But they didn't, it, if anything, it was like the War of the Worlds, where if you got into it at the right time, you didn't know that it was fake. I don't know. They didn't sound like they were joking. They name dropped the police chief of our local municipality and said they had talked to him about it. I've 
was very concerned for the safety of our friends and their small children that live near the park, closer than we do. So to back up, they said that this news station, it wasn't uh, during a news segment, it was during a talk show. But that's like all that the station is, is a bunch of talk shows. Right. It was a local talk show that they do in the afternoon. And they said that the monkeys were spotted in Kaluga Park. They had they- torn up the whole shelter because they had gotten into the garbage cans, which is something that I would find to be believable. Yeah, it sounded believable. I mean, I don't know. And I did a Google search and I didn't see anything else by any other news sources. But I was like, if they do actually find the monkey somewhere based on how many people are going to the cemetery, at what point are they actually going to tell people that they know where the monkeys are because they don't want people flocking to wherever the monkeys are to then potentially scare the monkeys into a new location? Yeah, this this news station, this talk show, they also said that they captured one of them, right? Yeah, they said they tranquilized one. (laughs) And then the other four were pissed because they didn't know where their buddy was. And so... You were had. I was had. And then I just (laughs) felt dirty when I I found out that it wasn't true. (laughs) Yeah, I told my coworker. They're at Kaluka Park and you called our friend. Yeah, because I was concerned about their small children. (laughs) And so they had to, well, apparently I was not the only person because I'm assuming a bunch of people called the Green Township Police Department to figure out what was going on or the CPD or someone. And then they got a bunch of complaints that, hey, we're getting all of these calls because of the stupid thing that you said. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Did they put out a retraction? I'm assuming so, because mom called after she left to say that it was all fake because they had just announced that on the radio that they were playing a joke. But it did not sound like a joke. Like <laughs> no one sounded like they were being sarcastic. But I also don't listen to these. I'm just going to call them talk show people. I'm not going to call them news anchors because I don't think that they are. Like I don't listen to these talk show people on a regular basis. So I don't know what their sarcasm voice sounds like. But usually you can tell when someone's being sarcastic. At least I can. So I'm not usually tricked by these things. And it wasn't April Fool's either. No. It was a week after April Fool's Day. Because all. So this report has happened overnight because all the footage was in the dark so for most of the morning people were like oh my goodness there are monkeys and then it turned into but are there really monkeys and then it turned into no one else has seen these monkeys we're kind of looking into whether or not this was a false police report because and we've put a lot of resources into this so this can be semi-punishable and Then it was, oh, hey, no, we actually did find the monkeys somewhere. And Green Township isn't super close to Price Hill, but they're not super far away either. So it wouldn't be totally unreasonable because, like, if you've been locked in a cage and can't do anything, you're not just going to stay in one place necessarily. You're going to get as far away as you can, as quick as you can. Maybe. I don't know. It was just very frustrating. It was an exciting day because maybe monkeys. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah, but especially as the morning went on and there were no other reports of sightings and no real good footage or photos that popped up, it started to seem more and more questionable. To be fair, I was questioning it from the get-go. Yeah, it'd be very weird. It was a very weird story. It's just the cycle of fake news. (laughs) It's weird. So there, there were no monkeys, or maybe there were monkeys I don't know. We'll keep you updated. We'll see what the Matrix tells us later. Yes. Maybe there was a huge glitch in the Matrix. Moving on to Friday. It was a pretty non-monkey. No monkeys on Friday. We'll put it that way. No monkey business. No monkey business on Friday. Just a normal Friday. I was at work. 
I got the work done and my Lily was at my mom's, my, my mom and dad's. Elliot was hanging out with me all day. I managed to cut more of the lawn and then Elliot woke up. Yeah, we cut the grass. We finished cutting the grass and... I asked my parents to bring Lily over because I was busy cutting the grass and I had abandoned you, but we'll get to that later. And my mom called and she's like, do you want to go to Wild Mike's? I'm like, sure. Why not? It's delicious. We love it. 6.30 on a Friday. Yeah, we can go to Wild Mike's. Can we get a table? No. So they went to get a table. They tried to. And Wild Mike's is a local wing shop, which is up the street from our house. And it's delicious. But they have the tiniest of tiniest parking lot and a kind of a tiny building, too. And with COVID, they even have less tables than they did before. So it was hard to get a seat on a Friday night in the first place. But now that we're out of Lent and we're starting to get out of COVID restrictions, I'm sure it's even harder to get a seat. Well, my point was with COVID restrictions, they're at whatever percent capacity. They're not at full capacity. And they're very popular. Right. And I guess my mom didn't realize that. So she tried to get a table as my dad and my sister also came with Lily. And they were like, yeah, they kept calling me you want to go on mics and then we said i said yeah sure i'll meet you there i have to do all this stuff i have to feed the dogs i have to clean up the change and then she calls me back there's a wait do you want to go to j taps and i'm like uh and she's like there's outside seating i'm like have you seen i'm sitting in the car at this point because i was about to drive up the wild mics and i'm like have you seen the sky it looks like the sky's gonna fall and the view from j taps isn't great right now because they're redoing the mcdonald's next door so it's just an empty gravel lot that they are slowly building a mcdonald's in and i was like j taps is more of a bar i don't think they'll let lily i don't think that's the right environment for lily i think they would let her in but when we were there last i think we sat there were a lot of high top tables yeah not not a whole lot of seating conducive for a high chair or a toddler who is prone to fall out of a regular chair because she's a wiggle butt yeah and i think there's only a couple outdoor seats no offense to j taps we used to go there all the time pre-kids pre-covid they have a really good beer selection so no offense to them and their food is decent it's been a while since i've eaten there so i'd have to eat there again to remember but where'd you end up actually going we ended up going to christine's which i've never been to so Christine's is a casual restaurant that is local to the area and they had a they took over the old Pizza Hut over by Gabriel Brothers, I believe. After Pizza Hut left, Christine's came out, came and took over. Actually, there was another local restaurant, like a, lo- an, a little mom and pop joint that took over that space before Christine's did. Oh, really? Yes, really. We never went to it, but it was there. Gotcha. So I guess that went under and then Christine's came along and we've had several friends that have said christine makes really good margaritas yes we're we're not margarita people but we know people who are margarita people better than cancun which is our go-to mexican place but they just moved really close to us actually just probably two minutes away and they literally just moved and they don't even have their liquor license yet but they were able to start serving food so that's good yes so we went there and it was it was decent it was pretty busy uh, lots of people there and we were in a booth and right across from us was a table of probably like eight eight people and there was a little girl probably lily's age with red curly hair and they were talking to each other that's it, cute it was really cute 
Towards the end of the meal, my sister ordered a Sprite to go and the her poor waitress. The waitress came back with a styrofoam cup full of Sprite and she set it in front of Lily. And Lily is seeing purple elephants at this point. She's ready, ready to go. She's done. She gets very exhausted at your parents' house because there's so much to do and she's always running around. Plus it's, it's eight o'clock at this point. Yeah. And top off with, we just spent time at a restaurant where there's lots of stuff going on. So her little brain is ready to go to bed. Yeah, so she reaches for the cup of Sprite that the waitress puts in front of her. <laughs> and because there's no room, I mean, to her, def- in her defense, I mean, she would have had, she's not going to go and reach, you know, to put the cup down. Um, but she puts the cup down in front of Lily and Lily grabs it and squeezes and crushes the entire cup and all the Sprite goes everywhere. Unsurprising. Yeah, all, including all over her. Of course. So luckily we had a cup of, I guess it was ice. It was an empty cup. Let me put the styrofoam cup in there. But a lot of the Sprite spilled. I'm sure that waitress was glad that we left. Probably. <laughs> I had to park across the street because their parking lot is tiny too. And it started raining. So that was my Friday. So I missed out on that. Because I was having a girls' night with Hillary plus Elliot because Elliot gets to go everywhere that I go. And Hillary said, hey, we have to wear the dogs out before we have this girls' night. Would you like to go on a walk with us? And I said, sure, because I could use some exercise and I didn't think it would be a five-mile walk. So You should know better. I should know better. And Hillary says it's half my fault. So we walked to the local field house so the dogs could play some frisbee. And then they decide, okay, are we going to walk home the same way we came, which is the shortest path home? Should we do a loop around one of the blocks to add a little bit of distance? And I said, well, we can go. We can add a little bit of distance. Elliot's still pretty quiet. So we've got some time. And I don't know the area around their house that well. So I just have to follow them and trust that they know where they're going. I don't recognize any landmarks because this is maybe the second time that I've done this walk with them ever. And Hillary asks, well, do you want to go a little bit further? And I said, sure, we can go a little bit further. Or I just said, sure. And so Hillary decides we're going to do the entire length, like their entire long walk. And she's like, well, you didn't complain at at all. And I was like, until like until we started getting closer to the house. And I was like, I didn't know where we were in relation to your house. I didn't know where we were going. I just realized, oh, we're still not there. So Elliot and myself survived. My feet were pretty sore, though. And we did make it back to their house before the rain hit, which was good because I had to roll up the windows for the van. But when we went to pick up our dinner at the Indian restaurant, that was really yummy. It was pouring down rain. So that was fun trying to get our food. But we did face masks. We did foot soaks. We watched Crazy Stupid Love. Elliot was only a little bit annoying because he didn't really want to settle for a while. I stayed up way too late, but I had a nice relaxing girls night, which I needed in my life. So that was nice. And then after all of the exercise that we got on Friday, that I got on Friday, we decided we're going to go on a walk on Saturday. And so we took the kids and the dogs to Mitchell Memorial Forest, where we met Hillary and Stephen. We kept an eye out for the monkeys. Unfortunately, we did not keep an eye out for the weather. I kind of did, but the forecast kept changing. So I was like, it's fine. We'll make it back to the car before anything happens, right? And then it started to sprinkle. That was about halfway through the walk. And then it started to pour. That was like two thirds of the way through the walk. 
<laughs> and since it's still early spring, half of the trees don't have any leaves. So we didn't have as much cover as we normally would with that trail. So we got a little wet. Not super wet, though. Just a little wet. The good news, though, is that Mitchell Memorial Forest, the walking trail there, it's only like, what, a mile? I think it's a mile or like a mile and a half total. It's pretty short. Lily was actually doing really good. She did about two thirds of it herself. And then maybe a little more than two thirds before we said, hey, the rain is picking up. We can't really go toddler pace anymore. (laughs) We need to pick it up a little bit. So then you carried Lily while Hillary held both of our dogs or Stephen. No, Stephen had both of our dogs. And Clara was very unhappy with life as she got into the van because she got wet. But they were happy to be there. Oh, yes. They got very excited when they got their pinch collars on and they got into the van because we're going on an adventure with the family again. They miss adventures. Yeah, we used to go every Saturday and sometimes Sunday, too. Yeah, we were a lot more fit back then. (laughs) We weren't super fit, but we were a lot more fit than we are now. And then because Stephen and Hillary, well, Hillary shares a coffee addiction with us. And I had about 20 people tell me that we needed to go to Java Jackets. We went to Java Jackets after the walk. Next time we'll have to go without the dogs, not to the walk, but to the coffee shop. So we can sit down and we can relax inside a bit. Instead of having like plain white generic mugs like most coffee shops do, they have a bunch of crazy mugs. So you just pick a mug up off the shelf and hand it to them when you get a drink and then that's your mug when you're in the restaurant. I don't know if that's still a thing that they're doing because COVID, but I saw them all on a shelf when I was inside. One of them was a cow mug. Allison would like that. So Lily fell asleep in the car, but it was only for five minutes. So I had hope that we could get her to sleep in her bed. It didn't happen. So we had a hot mess of a toddler. It didn't happen because Elliot was screaming. Yeah, Elliot was unhappy. Lily was unhappy. Because he was hungry and I had to change his diaper, which was incredibly full. Pampers holds it all in, though. (laughs) It barely held it in. (laughs) So I got Elliot to sleep. Lily finished watching Tangled. No, she finished watching Toy Story 2. And then... We watched 101 Dalmatians. Oh, yeah, we watched 101 Dalmatians after that. Hoping that she would fall asleep during that. You fell asleep during that, though. Yeah, I fell asleep during the end, hoping that she would fall asleep. So then I tried to put her to sleep in her bed, and she wasn't having anything of it. So you and her snuggled in bed and watched Tangled, and then I joined you two, and then you said you would start making dinner, and at some point soon after that, both Lily and myself fell asleep. So we got bedtime snuggle. We got bed snuggles, which was nice. I left right after they were about to drown, and she lit her hair up, and then they escaped. Oh, yeah. And then she was about to heal his hand. Yeah, because that was my that was my COVID meme. But yeah, I don't remember when we fell asleep, but we fell asleep. And then I woke up and was like, I should probably be productive. So I just left her in our bed because she's old enough now that I can do that safely. And got some stuff done downstairs before she woke up screaming because I don't know where I am. Which in her defense, she did not know where she was because she's not used to waking up in our bed. Life of a toddler. You fall asleep in the car and you wake up in a Target. <laughs> that was a long week 
And we are grateful that it's finally the weekend. We are both enjoying an adult beverage. What are you drinking today, Caroline? One of my favorite beers. It's the Moosey Milk Stout by Brink. It's 5.8% ABV and 20 IBUs. This information does vary based on where you find it. So Brink's website says that it's 6.2%, but my can says that it's 5.8%. They're contract brewing, so I don't know if they changed the ABV when they did that. I don't know. But... Their description of if, of the beer is, in honor of Uncle Jack's nickname for his niece Molly, it, the name seemed fitting for this rich milk stout. Like a chocolate milkshake without the straw, it features chocolate and coffee notes and almost chewy thanks to the addition of lactose and flaked oats. This beer boasts a bronze medal from the 2017 Denver Beer Competition and gold in the U.S. Beer Open Championship. As of October 2020, it has won gold three years in a row. It's a dang good milk stout. And it only has four stars on Untapped, which is sacrilegious. It should be five. But there are also people on Untapped that are that like, so Urban Artifact has a pickle beer and people will rate it one star because they don't like pickles and it tastes like pickles. What do you think was going to happen with pickle beer? You rate it to style or you just don't rate it at all if you're a dumb butt that orders a pickle beer, even though you don't like pickles. Rant done. What are you drinking, hon? I am drinking Easter candy, and it is by Brink, but they collaborated with Listerman. It's 6% ABV, and it has zero IBUs. And the description on the bottle says, Hop into the season with an Easter candy-inspired pastry stout collaboration with the fine folks at Listerman Brewing Company. Rich chocolate body, smooth peanut butter notes, and a creamy vanilla finish create an excellent combination of flavors s punny <laughs> and this was released in 2020 almost a year ago yes i bought some during covid i specifically went to brink to get bottles of this and to buy the easter candy glass that i am currently drinking my moozy out of and it's one of my favorite beers that brink does in addition to their pillowcase candy which is their halloween version of this beer that's a good one too but i don't think they did this beer this year did they I don't remember. Or if they did, they haven't announced it yet. Because it says Easter candy, but I think they released it after Easter last year. They released it later than they wanted to last year. I know that. So perhaps version two is coming and we just don't know about it. Cheers to the weekend and Lord help us in the week ahead. Because starting tomorrow, we are going to have to do it all over again. More crazy ventures are ahead and we will make sure to share them with you each week right here on the Craft Parenting Podcast. So moving on to our main segment this week, this episode will be airing around the same time that the Flying Pig would usually be happening if we were in different times. And while we are not star, 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 underline, 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 <laughs> marathon runners. Bold exclamation point. Please don't ask us to run a marathon. It won't happen. We have participated in quite a few 5K races. We will be talking about them and our experiences in each one. These are not all of the races that we have participated in. And we will do another episode later on just charity events slash runs in addition to these. But first, for some more context, what is the Flying Pig? 
So as everyone knows, Cincinnati is also called Porkopolis because back in the olden times, pigs would literally be running around the city because farmers would bring their pigs in to the slaughterhouses. Pigs would be coming off of boats to go to the slaughterhouses. Occasionally pigs would escape. Pigs were everywhere. Sounds like a different issue that we have today with the monkeys. It could be compared to the monkeys. <laughs> um, so because of that, when they were redoing the riverfront area in Cincinnati, the designer made four smokestacks to reference the riverboats that would come and stop at Cincinnati ports and put flying pigs on top of them to reference all of the pigs that were running around Cincinnati. At the time, this was very controversial. People didn't necessarily want Cincinnati to be thought about with pigs, but then we super embraced it and ran with it because we're Cincinnatians, we're weird. So pigs just became the mascot for Cincinnati. We had the big pig gig, which is where they would give local artists these giant pigs that were about five-ish feet tall to decorate, and they threw them all around the city. That was in the late 90s, early 2000s. I did a report on that in middle school. But because of pigs, they decided to call the marathon in Cincinnati the Flying Pig. And the race started in 1993. It's the third largest first time marathon in the U.S. So if you try to do like the Boston Marathon, you can't do that as a first time marathon runner. You have to do another marathon to qualify to do the Boston Marathon because the Boston Marathon is so popular. They don't they want to make sure that you kind of know what you're doing before you run their race. It typically takes place the first Sunday in May and all of the other races happen that weekend. And there are a ton of races and events that happen. And because Cincinnati Chili is a thing, three ways and four ways mean something different in Cincinnati than the rest of the world. <laughs> so a three-way is spaghetti topped with chili topped with cheese. And a four-way is spaghetti topped with chili topped with onions or beans topped with cheese. And then a five-way is if you do onions and beans. So they have three or four-way challenges where you complete the 5K and the 10K on Saturday, and then you complete the half marathon on Sunday. And then the four-way, you do the full marathon on Sunday. If you want to add extra cheese to your three-way or four-way, you also do the little King's, well, I just called it the little King's Mile, even though now it's the 50 West Mile on Friday. So so you're doing three or four races in three days. These people are crazy. We are not those people. We are not those people. We do the mile race and we still walk half of it. And then they have the flying fur run that you can do with your dog. That's about a two mile race. So Friday they have packet pickup and a huge health expo that happens at the Duke Energy Center, which is our convention center downtown. And after the 50 West Mile, there's an after party in Smale Park, which is the park that runs along the Ohio River. And then Saturday, in order of when these things happen, they have a 10K and then they have a 5K. They have the Cincinnati Children's 26th Mile, where kids run the last mile of the marathon course and they get a medal and it helps promote fitness and children. They also have the Piglet Kids Fun Run, which is ages crawling to nine years old. And the length depends on your age group. So the little ones only have to crawl 15 feet. The eight and nine-year-olds have to run 250 yards and then everything else falls in between that. There's the Pig Abilities Run which is also the last mile of the marathon course. And that is for people with special needs or their caregivers. There's the flying fur run, which we talked about earlier. And there's a flying pig pasta pig out dinner for whoever wants to participate in it. It's a paid thing. But apparently if you're a runner, you're supposed to carve out before your runs. Again, we are not fitness people. Do not consult us for fitness advice. <laughs> Probably do the opposite of what we do and you'll be in much better shape. 
And then throughout the day on Saturday, they still have the health expo. And there's a family fun festival, which is where the Piglet Kids Fun Run happens. And then Sunday at the Moorline Logger House, they have brunch where you can watch the start of the race and a portion of the race from their big windows. And they have the marathon, the half marathon, and all their four-person marathon relay events. And then, of course, there's an after party because it's Cincinnati. There's always an after party. And while we are not experts of fitness or health, we are experts. Uh, beer runs we are because <laughs> we do quite a few of those so why did we decide to do 5ks if we aren't fitness people so when at some point my work changed health insurance providers and the new provider said if you get a fitbit and you get ten thousand steps a day for x amount of days you get points and those points translate into amazon dollars There were more qualifications for things that would get you points. But one of those things were timed events. So if you participated in a 5K, didn't matter what your time was, but as long as you finished and they could trace that you finished if they audited you, you would get points for doing that race. And I saw an advertisement on Facebook because I'm not entirely immune to ads, though I like to think that I'm pretty immune to ads for the Bachfest 5K. And I said, hey, we're going to go to Bachfest anyway because we dance and we like going to Bachfest. Joe, I get health insurance points for this. Do you want to run this race? To which you reluctantly said yes. I said no first. And then I think I bought the race tickets anyway. I don't know. (laughs) I convinced you to do it somehow. And once you learn about one 5K in Cincinnati, you kind of learn about all the other ones. Just because people around you are talking about the race they just ran or the one they're about to run. Yeah, honestly, it kind of becomes addicting. And we just walk them, but it's still kind of like, yeah, I feel good. Yeah, I mean, we'd run a little bit. I know for the first few years, my motto was, if we're going downhill, you better be running because the gravity is doing half of the work for you. But And that works out about half the time because Cincinnati is very hilly. (laughs) So if you walk up the hills and you run down the hills, it kind of evens out. So we started off with the Bachfest 5K. And then I signed us up for the rest of the races. And at that time, the Christian Moorline Beer Series. So the 50 West Mile and then the Huda Pole 7. Because we're not crazy enough to do the 14K. No. (laughs) And then we just started finding out about these other events as well. So we're going to talk about the 5Ks that we've done in the past and we're going to go in the in time of year order. Yeah. So I did lump the Christian Moorline slash TQL beer series all together. They didn't want to split those up. But our first race of the year was usually and may continue to be a lot of these, well, backtracking. A lot of these events have been canceled or rescheduled due to COVID-19. So they either turned them into virtual races or just said, we'll hold them again later. The Cyclones 5K is postponed. It might happen later in 2021. It might just not happen until 2022. They haven't really made a decision on that yet. So the Frozen 5K, there's also a 10K. So... If you're crazy, you can do the 10K. I mean, 10K is not super crazy, but it happens in the middle of February when it is super cold outside. And it supports the Cyclones Foundation, which helps get kids into hockey. Because as we have been told by your cousin, it is very expensive to do hockey because the gear is expensive. It's expensive for ice time. So this helps defer the cost. So it makes it easier for kids to get into hockey if the expenses are the thing that's going to hold them back. The race happens along downtown, um, like along the river. It's similar to the Huda Pole 7K route. But since it's a 5K, some of the portions of the 7K route are cut out. For running the race, you get a medal, a t-shirt, hot chocolate, some after-race snacks. Sometimes they have freshly made Geta sliders, which we are willing to brave the cold to stay in line for those. 
One year we got Chick-fil-A sandwich cards. So it was just here, take this to any local Chick-fil-A and you'll get a free sandwich. That was nice. Yeah. And we've done that race three years. We did not participate in 2020 because we had Lily and we didn't know what to do with her. And we just decided, no, we're going to hold out on this one. So that brings us to the Christian Marlene flash, what it's currently called the TQL Beer Series. And this is three races, as you've mentioned, the Bachfest 5K, the 50 mile, 50, the 50 West mile, and then the Utapol 7 and 14K, which I don't know if it's going to be called that in the future. I don't know either. But this series raises money for the Over the Rhine Brewery District Community Urban Redevelopment Corporation, which has created the Cincinnati Brewing Heritage Trail to highlight the historic buildings that helped create Cincinnati's rich brewing history. And they've helped keep, they've helped offset the cost of upkeep and a few other things to keep Cincinnati's brewing history alive as much as they can at this point. This is the race that kind of, as I said before, started everything off. So we started these races in 2016 and we stopped in 2020. We still have all the shirts from 2020. And really, we've walked the neighborhood enough to count for the virtual races. We did the We did do the Bachfest in person, though. That's when we left Lily at home. And maybe we'll pick it up again after COVID because those races were fun and not terrible. Yeah. So at the end of of each of these races, you got a medal, two beers, two beer tickets, I should say, and Skyline, two Skyline cheese counties. No, just one. We would always get two. Because you have the people that saw the Coney line and said, nope, not dealing with that. Here, do you want my Coney ticket? So we would end up with possibly two or three Coney's between the two of us each, even with trying to hand off tickets to more people. You just would kind of get a stack of tickets that would go down the line until they eventually ran out. And then a new stack would start. And then you got a shirt and after race snacks as well. For the Hudipo races, you also got a glass like a pint glass and a poster. And if you participate in all of the races, you also get a brew hog item. One year it was a cooler, another it was a mug as an example. So we talked about the Bachfest 5K a lot. So it happens the Saturday of Bachfest weekend, which is one of the first few weekends during Lent, typically around the first weekend in March. And it happens on a Saturday and it goes through over the Rhine to downtown and ends at Bachfest Hall. It's kind of hilly, but not super hilly, so it's pretty doable. And then the 50 West Mile is the Friday of Flying Pig Weekend. It's the race that starts everything off, and that typically happens the last weekend in April slash the first weekend in May. Depends on where May, the first Sunday in May falls. And it goes along the river past Paul Brown Stadium, ending before the Moorline Logger House, which is pretty flat. It's a nice short race, but there are so many people that participate, they have to start everybody off in waves. Yeah, and the thing with this is the race is a mile, but you have to walk. You have to walk like a mile to get to the race. Yeah, so it's really two miles by the time everything is said and done. Yeah, and then there's the Hootapool 7K and 14K. Those happen the Saturday of downtown Oktoberfest weekend, which is usually mid-September. We run the 7K, which stays along the riverfront. It crosses into Kentucky because you cross one of the bridges for a hot second, and then you immediately turn around and leave Kentucky. But then the 14K, because usually most races, the the courses will overlap for a lot of the course. The 14K and the 7K have completely different courses until the very end. So the 14K actually goes through the old brewery district and over the Rhine, and almost gets to the outskirts of downtown Cincinnati before coming back to the riverfront. At one point, I was going to be crazy and say, let's change our tickets to 14K tickets instead of 7K. And then I'm very glad that I never did that. 
I feel like you do have to be a runner to do the 14K. Yeah, because I do think they close the course for the 14K. And if you don't cross the finish line by X time, they're like, hey, we already started closing everything down. Bye. So, and like they did note on the Flying Pig Marathon, a thing that I read was if you don't keep a 16 minute mile pace, you have to start running on the sidewalk because they have to start opening up the streets again. So they can only keep the streets closed for so long. And you can still finish the race, but you won't finish the race with an escort. You'll have to finish the race on sidewalks. Right. So moving on, we also do have done the American Heart Association 5K slash Heart Mini. Yeah, so the Heart Mini Marathon is a half marathon. We do not participate in the half mini, but I really like the shirts that they did the first year we did it. No, wait, no, that was the second year that we did it, where the shirt said mini, not mini. And people were really confused if they did not know what the Heart Mini Marathon was. They're like, what your shirt is saying is a contradiction. It's like, well, it's it's a mini marathon, but it's not a mini event. It's, I'd say like one of the biggest races in Cincinnati because they have a ton of events and there are so many people there. It's like shoulder to shoulder people. Yeah, the Flying Pig is probably the biggest, closely followed by the the Heart Mini. Yeah. Well, the Heart Mini takes place all over one day, as opposed to Flying Pig, which takes place over the weekend. So they raise money for the American Heart Association, and a ton of Cincinnati area businesses raise money and participate in it as well. And if your team or business raises enough, you get t-shirts with your logo on the back. So we have t-shirts with all your company names on the back of them. It typically takes place the last weekend in March. It runs along the river using Columbia Parkway. And the race that we do isn't really a race. It's untimed. It's a 5K walk. We basically fill up 5th Street from PNG to Fountain Square. It starts thinning out as you get closer to Fountain Square. Maybe Government Square is more the case. So it's like two or three city blocks of people waiting to go on this walk. There's a lot of people. Yeah, and it's shoulder to shoulder for a long while. But it, it's pretty easy walk because Columbia Parkway is pretty flat. There is a little bit of a hill, but it's nothing too insane. They have a huge event at the Duke Energy Center beforehand with lots of sponsors and info sessions, similar to how the Flying Pig has their expo. The Heart Mini has an expo as well. We've participated twice. The shirts, we raised money for the third year. The shirts are at your work somewhere. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get the shirts for that. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? So we'll probably participate in this one again, especially since your work usually puts a team together and they do like a little pre-event thing and a post-event thing just for you guys. And then we get to one of the crazier events that we might do, but we might not ever do ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the, the cheetah run at the Cincinnati Zoo. And now you are not being chased by cheetahs in this race. That would make it crazy. I I would probably actually have a faster time if that were the case, or I'd just be dead. Odds are higher I would be dead. So it's a fundraiser for the zoo and they canceled it for 2021. And it's one of the last weekends in August when it's super hot outside. So you have the Cyclones Frozen 5K when it's super cold outside. And then the Cheetah Run takes place during probably one of the hottest weekends of the year. And to top it all off, you're running around the Cincinnati Zoo, which is hills and hills. And just for fun, let's throw in some more hills. That entire area is hills. I don't think there's a single flat spot that's not immediately a hill. Uh, the only flat type. stops are at the top. The only flat spots are at the top of hills or <laughs> yeah. the bottom of hills. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're going parallel to a hill because you're about to enter an exhibit. Otherwise, it's hills on hills on hills. So if you sign up soon enough, you get a T-shirt. The one year we participated in it, we did not sign up soon enough, so we did not get a T-shirt. 
but they have temporary tattoos, which are really cool that say like zoo, cheetah run. And they have after race snacks and you get free admission to the zoo for the day, which was a big bonus when we didn't actually have zoo passes. But now we have zoo passes. So we would like to maybe do the event again. We would also like to not do the event again. There were people passing us with strollers and I'm like, how are you doing this? I feel like I'm going to die going up this hill and I'm not pushing anybody. Yeah, we didn't even have kids back then when we did it. No. (laughs) So we must have participated in 2018 because the next year was 2019 and it was the weekend of Lily's. It was like the weekend before or the weekend of Lily's due date. And I was like, the only way we're doing this is if I'm attempting to walk this kid out. (laughs) And then I'll just walk to Good Sam because it's so close to the zoo. But it's not that close to the zoo to walk to it. But I was like, we need to bring the go bag in case if I do attempt to walk this kid out of me during this race. To be fair, though... You did go to, we did go to the zoo the weekend of Lily's due date. We did, and it did not work. It kind of worked. No, because I didn't go into, I I didn't, one, I didn't go into labor, and two, I didn't get sent in for high blood pressure until the next day after I sat around and did nothing. So, blood pressure is confusing. Moving on to the Sophie's Angel Run slash 5K. Yes, this is a 5K that is probably one of the smaller events on here but it's getting bigger so it's in memory of a girl named sophie who died at 18 months due to a brain tumor it raises money for scholarships going to enter eighth grade at saint jude school and it raises money for children's hospital for brain tumor research and they have given um consistently over three thousand dollars for scholarships and over i want to say forty thousand dollars for research every year the last few years that they've done it and it typically takes place the Sunday of St. Jude's Oktoberfest, which is typically the weekend after the downtown Oktoberfest. Yeah. Again, Cincinnati is very German. We have lots of Oktoberfests. We could have 10 episodes just about Oktoberfests in Cincinnati just because of the sheer number. And you actually had a friend who one year decided he was going to get a mug from all of the Oktoberfests. And I think he succeeded. I think he did too. (laughs) Not just Cincinnati. There's some in Northern Kentucky and Dayton. Yeah. In the Dayton area, there might be a few, one or two in Indiana. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I think he went to all of them. Yeah. He crazy though. (laughs) We should do that one year. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. (laughs) So this walk takes you through Bridgetown and around St. Jude, around the St. Jude school. It's hilly, but not as bad as the zoo. Not many are as bad as the zoo though. Yeah, that was is pretty pretty crazy yeah the zoo and we've only participated once but we will participate again so this is a lot more family friendly yeah so we participated in it for the first time in 2018 i want to say 2018 we did a ton of races yeah 2018 we did a ton of races 2019 it was right after i had had lily it was actually soon after lily got out of the nicu so we did take lily to saint jude Oktoberfest for a hot second But us doing that race would not have worked out. And then 2020, everything got shut down anyway. So hopefully 2021, we'll be able to participate and Lily can walk part of it. But this was when we had the great idea of we live pretty close to St. Jude. Why don't we just walk to St. Jude and we don't have to find parking? (laughs) We forgot about this. Uh, It was like a two and a half K to get to St. Jude. And then it was a two and a half K to get back home. So we turned the 5K into a 10K. 
<laughs> Though we did stop for lunch at Nick and Tom's on the way home, I think maybe. No, we did. So that helped. But we you were, were you were you were very hangry. Oh yes, I was very hangry, and we were probably not presentable for Nick and Tom's because we were sweaty <laughs> messes. But they still served us. And then that brings us to the last race of the year that we participate. This was another. We did it in 2018. I'm not sure if we're ever going to do it again. <laughs> But maybe we will. We're Bearcats for life. Lily gets to go to whatever college she wants to inside the University of Cincinnati. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so there's the Bearcats Dash and Bash, which is a 5K. Or because the University of Cincinnati was founded in 1819, there is the 18.19K. That sounds like a big difference. There's a very big difference between a 5K and a little more than an 18k so but it's it's for a good cause it raises money for the ohio innocent project innocence project um do you want to speak on that because i know you wrote a article about it at one point yeah it's a program which is founded by a, a professor at the uc college of law and they work on getting those wrongfully convicted out of jail basically and I believe, I mean, I'm sure they work with actual licensed lawyers, but they also, the students who are becoming lawyers also are heavily involved in this, I believe. Yeah. So raises money for them and for the UC Athletic Scholarship Fund. So this race takes place the first weekend in October, which is usually when the Dona Schwab and Oktoberfest, which is our home Oktoberfest, happens. So it does become a bit of an issue because we have to run it. We have to do a 5K in the morning and then end up at Oktoberfest for the afternoon with not a whole lot of time to nap. It takes place around UC's beautiful campus and Burnett Woods. It's super hilly because Cincinnati and there is no shade for most of the course. <laughs> no, there wasn't. I remember. But it takes place in, in the fall. So it could be, you know, pretty decent weather. Or it could be super hot. It just kind of depends. We've had Oktoberfests where it's snowing and we've had Oktoberfests where it's been super mega hot. We never know what the weather is going to be. It's fun. And well, I don't know how good. Hopefully their logistics have improved because it was the second or third year that they had done this race when we participated in it. All of the water was taken up by the people running the 18k because they leave almost a full hour earlier before the people for the 5k leave and there was no water at any of the water stops so if we do it well i mean if we do it again we'll have a stroller so we can bring as much water as we want but that was part of the problem too was we were expecting water at a water stop and there was no water they do have nice perks the t-shirt that you get for your race shirt is under armor brand it's super comfy it is one of the shirts that we wear the most between the two of us We've actually had a few times where we've both worn that shirt without planning it or knowing what the other one had put on for the day. You get a Coney, um, a Skyline Cheese Coney, and I think we got beer too. Pretty sure there were beer tickets. I think so, yeah. So. And that year it was the 200th anniversary. Yeah, the year we did it was the 200th anniversary. Of the university. No, it wasn't. It was the 199th because it was 2018. Because 2019, we had just had a baby and we did not take the baby with us. Well, I thought it was the 200th season of football. It was something. the 200th season of football. I don't know. We weren't yet to the 200th anniversary of the university. So the way they did it was that they started celebrating the 200th year. That's what they did. I think they started the celebrations off at a year the race. early. Yeah, yeah, they started off a year early. So Because was... give us more money. We need more money. 
So his 200th year at the university was celebrated for an entire year, yeah. essentially. So we got a bunch of trinkets that said, you see, University of Cincinnati, 200 year. Yeah. Like bottle openers and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, their medals aren't as nice because as the beer series medals, because the beer series medals double as bottle openers. Those are nice. Have we used them as bottle openers? No. But you can if you need to. And that's the important thing. So these are the large races that we do. And for the most part, these are all the timed races. As we said earlier, there are a lot more events that happen and that we do participate in. There are a lot of charity walks that we do that aren't timed. And we'll get into those in a different episode. We have more listener feedback this week. Caroline from Cincinnati. Any relation? Nope, none at all. Says, and I quote, you didn't talk about Fiona enough and you should do a whole episode dedicated to Fiona. I can get behind that. I totally agree with this person and we should do whatever she says. (laughs) I mean, we talked about Fiona last week. We did not dedicate a whole episode to the gloriousness that is Fiona though. All right. Fiona is the little Sebastian of Cincinnati and should be treated as such. She is a national treasure. All right, then we will look into it. So you too can send us your feedback via email at craftparentingpodcast at gmail.com or through our Facebook page. And that does it for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the show. We are listed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about every podcast app out there. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Make sure to share the show with your friends, family, your neighbor down the street. It really helps our show grow. You can follow us on our new Facebook page at Craft Parenting Podcast to get updates on when episodes have dropped, see pictures of our adorable kids, we're not biased at all, and leave reviews. And with that, I'm Joe. And I'm Caroline. See you next time on the Craft Parenting Podcast. get a Reese cup at some point a Reese cup Reese egg love you so how was your easter hubs <laughs> is that a segue yes. yeah but you just ruined so now i gotta do it again when you yawn i yawn that's because if you want to find out whether or not someone's attracted to you you yawn and if they yawn after you yawn there's a very good chance that they are attracted to you